Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. Uh, New Abbey, we believe in conversations and that God has experienced through each one of our lives. We don't believe that the person up front has all of the authority or all of the answers. We believe that we find it through one another in hearing each other's stories. So if you find four, five people around you, we have this light Christmas conversation question for you, which is what's the most wonderful thing that happened to you in 2021? Enjoy. I have three kids, and they each teach me something different because they all have different, unique personalities. But my middle son teaches me about wonder in a different way, maybe because he's the middle child, right? So he has an older brother who's always telling him what to do, and a younger sister who's just got fire in her bones. And so the middle one, he is tender in a different way, and he's empathetic, and he feels, and he's kinesthetic, and it's like love for animals and people. He's like St. Francis in the fresh, my friends, right? <laughs> St. Francis in the flesh, St. Francis in the flesh, my friends. And what I love about him is he shows me wonder in a different way. He loves hippos. I mean, he loves hippos in a way they can't express to you. I thought it would be a phase, like, you know, like he likes dinosaurs for a while and then trucks and other things. But like hippos, the one common denominator that has got him through this life, through all of these six years. And I don't think that it's going away. So many times I have debated with myself, do I send him to college or do we spend like $20,000 now and go to Africa and just spend like a week with hippos? <laughs> Let him make that choice now, right? Let him experience that wonder and one day when he wants to go to school, I'll say, well, you made that choice as a six-year-old son. <laughs> and you have to live with your choices. And so he thinks about hippos all the time. And so the other morning, me and my wife are making breakfast on a school morning. So it's like 6.45 a.m. Like we're barely awake and we're like giving each other a hug. And I see Bryce walk over and I think that he's going to like, like, oh, mom and dad are hugging again or something like that. But he looks at me because he knows dad's height because he likes to know my height and how relative it is to other animals. <laughs> and so he sees mom and he comes over as, as, as we're hugging one another. And he says, oh, I think mom's just a little bit taller than hippos as well, Dad. <laughs> as he was eating his bowl of Panda Puffs peanut butter, that's what he was thinking about in his brain. His mother's relative height to a hippo, my friends. Do you have that kind of wonder? Is the world that magical for you? Is wonder something that just happens to us? Is wonder something that only kids have because the world isn't steeped in all of the things that are getting in the way from us seeing reality as it actually is? Is wonder something that we practice? Is wonder something that seasons like Advent and Christmas offer us more opportunity to see the magic in the world, to see the awe, to see that light is always here, to know that hippos are truly incredible? I believe that wonder is something that we practice. And as we think about Advent and Christmas this season, we're thinking about the idea of experience. That maybe you're here at a church like New Abbey because you're wrestling with some things intellectually, cognitively. There's theologies that you're figuring out. There's things that you're letting go of. Maybe emotionally you're coming to a place of health where you can trust in faith organizations or churches again, or you're wondering how do you make a connection uh, with a community in a broader way. And for many of us, 
the thing that I think that we're hoping for is to experience God. That we don't just want to have ideas about God, that we want to have relationship with God. And in order for us to have a relationship with God, I think wonder is a massive part of that journey and of that experience. And so to talk about wonder this morning, we got to talk about some things. We're going to talk about wonderful and what does it mean to be wonder-filled. And if we can do that, then, you know, the metaverse, my friends. And if we talk about the metaverse, then we're going to talk about some Russian troll farms because, you know, it's a Sunday morning. And if we can talk about Russian troll farms, then we're going to talk about some trusted messengers. And if we can talk about the trusted messengers in our lives, then we'll look to the wonder of others. And if we can see the wonder of others, then you will name him Jesus, said the angel Gabriel. Thank you for the prelude to that, David. That was good timing. And if we can talk about you will name him Jesus, then... Wonder Woman, you see what we're doing there. And then a little favor, no, you are not in a charismatic prosperity church, but we're gonna go some places. And if we can do a little bit of favor, then my friends, Reese Witherspoon. Thank you. Shall we do some things? Follow along with me in Luke chapter one. Story goes like this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, which seems fair, there's an angel, right, talking to you, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. That's a pretty good question to ask yourself at that time. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Remember, she's like 13 when she's hearing this, right? It's a little bit of a surprise and shock to hear these words from God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age and people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Many of you listen to podcasts like The Liturgist, or you've read your Rob Bell book, or you're thinking about your theology or how you understand God. Is the immaculate conception real? And on and on. There's all kinds of theological debates. And when I first began to prepare this sermon, we're going to go through all of those things, and here's different theories, and here's what philosophers and scholars have said over the years. Then I'm like, no, none of that. Uh, There's time for that. There's space for that. We always want to be a place that's asking better questions than having better answers. This candle is like really going for it, by the way, so (laughs) making me a little nervous there. If that catches on fire, please let me know. Instead, I want to get to something more tangible and practical, something that we can hold on to in the midst of all of the questions and the figuring it out and what does it mean and how do we parse the scriptures and what's the exegetical answer here is how do we actually experience wonder, that I think that the stories of Jesus, the stories of Christmas, are packed with wonder. 
that they're packed with these larger truths about the reality of the world and what it means to be human, that God constantly finds us in the darkness, that God always shows up, that God has hope and light and experience for every single human being, that the life of Jesus is still powerful, that the life of Jesus is still revolutionary, that there's something transformative to be offered to us here in these stories. And so with that, you know, the metaverse, my friends. I'm curious in the metaverse and what Mark Zuckerberg is talking about because there's this reality that many of us don't live in reality anymore. That before the iPhone, human beings spent 25% of their time on screens. After iPhones, most of us spend over 50% of our waking hours on screens. That more and more we find ourselves in another reality, not necessarily connected with the things that are happening right in front of us. The metaverse is an experiment and an idea that what happens when we're no longer just in front of our phones like this, and what happens when our phones or technology literally becomes a part of our brains or we're plugged in a different way, and that we just need different versions of reality. Now, for many of us, we're like, oh, that sounds crazy. I don't know if I'm going to get plugged into the matrix. Well, you have an iPhone already. You're already this far away from an alternate reality. And there's already these larger questions that are going on as we think about reality moving into the next few decades. That there are billionaires and politicians who are proposing universal income. That one of the deeper reasons that they're proposing universal income is that there's the reality that there will come a time that our technology will advance so much that we just won't have enough jobs for human beings. Because robots and technology will be able to do a better job. And so one of the ways that you keep society and culture going is that you provide a universal income so that you can make sure that everybody is taken care of, but also how do you keep people busy or filled with purpose or a version of purpose or to be entertained? You plug them into the metaverse. You plug them into another version of reality because this version of reality is going to change so rapidly that we as human beings and where we've evolved to can't keep up. How's that for a Terminator scenario that's happening right now in our real world? And I think that it's interesting because people are thinking about it. And we don't have to look back too far in history to see how radically we've changed as human beings and our relationship to things like our phones, our computers, social media, access to information, how that practically applies to how we understand things like politics, what you believe about climate change, the news that you're intaking, that the algorithms are shaping a lot of what we understand and see in the world. And we have seen some new reviews come out by MIT studying uh, the information that we're receiving from the algorithms. Last year on Facebook, the 20 top pages for Christians, do you know how many of them were controlled by Russian trolls? All 20 of them, 20 of the 20 top Christian pages on Facebook, which speak to more than 75 million users per month, were all controlled by Russian troll forms. That's wild. That's a crazy amount of information that was coming from another place. 50% of the top pages for um, black Americans come from Russian troll forms that 30 million users, right, for black Americans on Facebook, their information is coming from Russian troll farms. The fifth largest page on Facebook for women comes from a 
Russian troll farm, yeah, we're all on the same page right now, right? We're getting it. Um, and on and on, the research has shown that hundreds of millions of Americans are being fed information regardless of where you find yourself on a political side of the aisle or ideologically, that information is being provided to you, that we live in a different version of reality where algorithms are feeding and filtering information to us. And as we live in that reality where there are other people deciding the information that we're receiving, what is happening in the midst of that is there's a distraction that takes place, that there's a polarization that takes place. And my hope for us as human beings is that we can begin to experience reality in a new and a beautiful way. And I believe that the life of Jesus, that places like this where we engage in conversation and community, that things like Christmas where we gather around trees and tables and have meals and have parties remind us of the good that is already percolating in the universe, that the universe is filled with wonder, that the universe is filled with goodness that it is already right in front of us in our midst, that the story of God coming into the world, that Mary is going to birth Jesus is not the reminder that 2,000 years ago Jesus was born, that the story is a story that every year afresh God is birthing new things into this world through each and every one of us. That is the miracle of Christmas. That is the wonder that we are filled with. So as we think about wonder, I want to think about some of the places that we experience wonder in our lives. In the story, Mary is confronted by the angel Gabriel, that there is an angel of God who is telling her a deeper truth, who is providing her with a deeper message about reality, that's trying to bring clarity and vision into her life. In, a, in some ways, we would say it this way, that she had a trusted messenger in her life, that the word angel just simply means that, a messenger that we live in a world already, like we said, where algorithms and many other things are messengers for us every single day. And I think for many of us in the midst of all of the information that we receive, I think that we're looking for clarity. And so we begin to ask ourselves these deeper questions of who are the trusted messengers in my life? I think that we can look even at the most simple and basic things and say, what if some of the trusted messengers in our life is just simply creation? What if it's when we're connected to this reality in such a way where we can be like, oh my gosh, you wanna know what's incredible out there? The sun, yeah, the moon, mountains, the ocean, breath, life. You know what I saw today? A butterfly, right? There's flowers, trees, animals. The world is percolating with truth. And the message that we're receiving is that the world is good, that this good world is telling us something about the reality that we live in, that we can experience wonder every single day. I love having the conversation with my kids when they're like, I'm bored, and we do the, there's no such thing as being bored in this household, right? Because there's so much wonder in the world. There's so many things to experience that are incredible, that the trusted messenger that God has already given us is just the beauty of creation around us, that wonder is already around us. But beyond that like existential reality of the thing that exists all of the time, that's literally right here among us all of the time, uh, some of the questions I have are, who are the trusted messengers in your life? Who are the people that you're listening to? Who are the people who are sharing information and transformation with you and that you're sharing with that they begin to shape who you are as a human being? And I think I ask that question more and more because we're just bombarded with information from so many other places. 
Are there people who have earned that trust in your life? Are there people who have been there for you? Are there people who care for you, who are thoughtful, who you know that they have something to say? One of the things that I love most about a community like New Abbey is that we are a community. I love so many of the stories in this room that I know a lot of you and that some of your best friends in the entire world you met in this room, that there are other people that you have learned to trust and to love and to care for, and they love and they trust and they care for you. And because of that mutuality that they are able to offer you a message and speak into your life in a powerfully different way, that's an incredible gift that I believe in. I know that I look out into this room and that there are people here who are incredible friends to me. That you are people who sat with me at a coffee shop. That you sat with me in a park. That we were in smaller groups together. In moments where I thought, where's my marriage at this year? I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to figure this out. And that you were trusted messengers in my life who offered me grace and who offered me love and that you've been there for me. That in the busyness and in the chaos of what a Christmas season can be, in the busyness and in the chaos of the information that we have in this world, are there people who offer you a trusted message? Do they help bring wonder to you because they help bring clarity to your life? For me, uh, this Thanksgiving, we had a really small Thanksgiving. We had just moved into to our new house and it was just my family that was there and a friend who I've known since I was 19, he came over and he sent me just the most lovely text message the next day about thanking me that he was at Thanksgiving and that we got to like be together and like cook together and all these things. And he just said, and Corey, just so you know, you need to go find some rest. You are clearly burned out. Oh, thank God for trusting messengers in my life. Thank for God for somebody who's known me for so long, who could send me the text of all the gratitude and just say, I've known you a lot, and he even said this, and you know how to do it, so you better go do it. Oh, thank God for that messenger. Thank God that in the midst of all of the information that I receive, in the midst of all of the social media and the news channels and the bombardment of what Christmas can be, that there was just somebody in my life this holiday season that says, I've known you long enough. I know that you're a classic Enneagram 3. Usually you solve your issues with rest by working more because you're psychotic that way. And so let me speak into your life and just say, you need to stop. Because if you don't stop, you're gonna miss the wonder of this season. You're gonna miss the wonder of the Thanksgiving meal of the family that was in front of you. You're gonna miss all of the beauty of life that is already right here. In your life, do you have trusted messengers? Can you think of those people? Can you name them? Can you thank them? That they provide a clarity for you? Because when you have clarity, I think that we have a larger capacity to see reality for what it is. When we can see reality, I think that we're open to the wonder that is always around us. So if we can think about some of the trusted messengers in our lives, then we can also think about the wonder that is already in others. I love the story that is here with Mary because uh, the angel Gabriel had already shown up to Elizabeth six months before. And in that story, it already said that God is gonna birth something new through you, Elizabeth. If you were here last week, if not, you can go back and listen to the podcast or YouTube. Just a slight plug there, commercial break for you. 
Well, we talked about this idea of hope at Christmas time, that the angel Gabriel came and spoke to Elizabeth, this barren woman and barren husband who weren't able to have kids. And in that world, that was a question about eternal life and all these bigger concepts. But what God was saying through the truth of that story, regardless of what you believe literally about it, is that this is the work that God does in the world. God keeps showing up and God keeps offering life in the places that we think that God can't offer life anymore. That's the story and hope of Christmas. And that God showed up to Elizabeth and said, oh, I'm going to birth something new through you. And what's birthed through you is going to ricochet. And then eventually I'm going to go to your cousin Mary and she's going to birth, you know, the son of God. But there's some work that's happening in others. That if we're going to find wonder and reclaim it for our own lives, would we have faith that there's some trusted messengers who are going to show us reality and wonder in a new way? And then when we begin to trust the reality that God is also already doing work and wonder in the lives of others. That's powerful for me to recognize. Sometimes I get so focused on my favorite person in the universe, me. And I know most of you, and by most of you, I mean all of you because we're human beings, we often think about one person more than anybody, ourselves, because this is the movie that's going on. And sometimes when we are living in that, again, we get distracted from the wonder that's around us, and we miss the present reality. And there's a gift when we look at the lives of others and say, oh, they're birthing something beautiful through the world right now. Oh, man, Brittany Beans Barron, I I know the work that she's doing around racial reconciliation in this world. I know the ways that she's committed herself to telling a bigger story of God by connecting dots between race and spirituality and sexuality. Oh, when I look to the people around me, I can trust that God's doing something through them. I can look at Micah and Stacey Sims, and I can see the type of parents that they want to be for Charlie. They literally, you literally birthed something into the world, Stacey, Micah, whatever, but still, you get the point that you did something magical in the world that you're bringing a human being into it, that I can look around the room and I know your stories and it's a reminder for me that wonder is already here. When I forget about wonder in my own life, I can look to the lives of others and say, oh, wonder already exists there. And if wonder already exists, then I can begin to believe in myself that wonder is percolating in my own life as well if I can trust in good messengers in my life, if I can begin to believe that wonder is already in others, I can also begin to ask this deeper question and look into this deeper reality that there is wonder in Jesus. That here you are, it's December 2021, you're sitting in a CrossFit gym because for you, there's still some wonder in Jesus. There's something that you want to experience here. There's a lot of different ways in which you can name God. When we say Jesus in this place, it is not exclusive. It's very inclusive. It universally embraces all kinds of things. But for you, just the way that you're hardwired and the software that's going on, it's just the way that you understand God and how the divine works in the world. That's beautiful. And for you, you experience Jesus or you want to want to experience life with Jesus. And sometimes we need to reclaim those things for it to have sense in our lives. I love what the angel Gabriel says about who Jesus is. First, it just says this, this child will be holy. Many of us, we need to like rewire that word because you hear the word holy and you're like, man, I have no idea what I do with that in 2021. It gives me the heebie-jeebies, to be honest. Or you hear the word holy and you automatically think of the word perfect. The word holy has nothing to do with perfection. That God being holy has nothing to do with an absolute that is immovable. The word holy simply has to do with this, with this idea of otherness. That Jesus comes into the world to be able to completely show us otherness. That Jesus can so be other 
that when Jesus sees any other human being, that Jesus has the perspective to see that human being as human. That's what otherness means, that we are fragile, finite, that we have a limited capacity at times to see ourselves and to see others. But God comes into the world, becomes flesh, is holy, has this capacity for otherness. And the stories of Jesus in the world is that Jesus could see a woman caught in adultery and say, oh, but I see you as human. Jesus could see a person who is, has a legion of demons within them, and Jesus says, no, 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 I'm gonna free you to be human. That Jesus calls a ragamuffin group of disciples together who were like the nobodies in society and leads them to a journey of being human. That story after story of Jesus is Jesus' capacity to be other when we cannot when everybody else says that this is no longer a human or this person is less than, then Jesus comes in and shows this person that they are fully known and already loved by God. That the story of Jesus is one of holiness as we reframe it in a way that's truer to what the word actually means. It also says that Jesus is going to have this authority in the world, that his kingdom will never end. Again, I'm always trying to reclaim the word kingdom in a space like New Abbey. One, because we just don't have kingdoms anymore, and I want to think of it more as a purpose of how we understand reality. That Jesus came to offer us a better version of reality. That's what Jesus came to do. That many of us, you were taught, no, Jesus came to die for your sins because you are a horrible human being. What's interesting is that Jesus never said that. But Jesus says again and again and again, I have come to initiate the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. I've come to give you a different version of reality. I've come to show you the wonder that is already in this world. I have come to suffer with you, not just for you because you're some horrible creatures, with you so that you would learn how to suffer appropriately in this world, right? So that when you suffer, you don't continue to hurt other people. That all of the narratives of Jesus are about this idea that Jesus is introducing us to a greater reality as human beings. And as we experience this greater reality as human beings, in that reality, we begin to experience wonder in a new way. That Jesus shows us the fullness of what it means to be human. That when asked why Jesus comes, Jesus came, says, I came to give life and life to the fullest. I mean, isn't that a message that we want on Christmas? Isn't that a message that we want to experience, that the wonder that Jesus is giving us is the wonder of life itself? That you're here, that you're breathing, that you're living, that there's magic already within you. And so if we can have some trusted messengers in our life who can give us a greater truth and they can show us some reality, we can also begin to trust that others already have wonder within them. It can show us wonder within ourselves. If we can begin to reclaim and rebuild some things, we can begin to see that there is wonder in the life of Jesus. And then I think where it leads us and ends us too is that there's always been wonder in ourselves. I love the story of Mary because it's the story that keeps saying, oh, Mary, you have favor. Favor is just I just idea of like, Mary, there's some magic that's already going on within you. God's already pleased with you. God, Mary, God wants to birth something new within you in this world. And I believe that about who Mary is, the mother of God, but more importantly, I believe that about each and every one of us. And when we look to the life of Mary and what she's embodying is that she's birthing God into the world. That as we trust the messengers, as they're reminding us of the wonder within us, as we're seeing wonder in the others around us, as we're looking to the life of Jesus to show us wonder, then can we eventually believe this radical truth that the world needs to know that there's already unique wonder within each and every one of us? I believe that wholeheartedly. 
that there's 8 billion people on planet Earth and that humanity is at its best when every single one of us to the last iteration of human beings that's here begins to shine forth the best of who they are. I believe that's what Jesus came to do. That Jesus gets to show us that there's wonder in who you are, in your narrative. That's the power of the Jesus story, that you're good and you're bad. You're suffering the most difficult moments that you have, the family that you didn't choose, that thing that you never wish would happen to anybody, those beautiful, joyous moments of relationship, those experiences when you were at Yosemite and you saw that waterfall. I don't know what your thing is. All the things that make you uniquely you is already wonder-filled. And maybe would you reconnect out of all of the distractions in this Christmas season from the distractions of social media, the distractions of the light, from the distractions of all the things that are being sold to you? Would there be all of these reminders that you are already full of wonder in so many ways? That God just doesn't want to birth something new out of Mary 2,000 years ago, but that God wants to birth the wonder that's already in you for the rest of the world, that you are a gift. I love the story of Reese Witherspoon because she's using the power that she has in this world to empower the stories of other women. That as her voice grew, she started a production company, she really began to find stories that showcased who women were in the world. Maybe you've seen Big Little Lies. Oh my God, just tell me the season finale of season one, just couldn't even handle it. It was just an anxious mess. It was just incredible, right? Uh, Maybe some of you have seen The Morning Show. There we go, hands up. That was a a woo-woo right there. I'll take that, that was nice. But what Reese Witherspoon is doing, despite the type of storytelling that she's doing, is she's empowering women in the world, that she recognizes the wonder that is fully within her. And she has made note of the fact that in Hollywood, there's a lot of men who control the narratives. Then in order for some of those narratives to change, she has to use the wonder that's already within her and use that to pick stories, produce stories, pay for stories, showcase stories that put women as the protagonists and as the heroes and that showcase them. And that's a powerful and a beautiful thing that she had something that was already within her. And as she birthed that reality within her, she just didn't keep it to herself, that she made sure that she used that gift to empower other people as well. You might not be Reese Witherspoon, although if you are and you sell your company for $900 million, remember us is all I'm saying. But maybe it's something small, but huge in your universe, in your reality, that God is already birthing. Maybe there's something fresh that you know that's inside of you. Maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's stepping into a relationship. Maybe it's just finding therapy. Maybe it's practicing kindness. Maybe there's gentleness. Maybe there's some things that want to be birthed in you where you just need some more space and time for yourself. You just need to go back on those hikes and you haven't been doing that. Maybe there's something that's birthing inside of you that you need to find some trusted messengers in your life who can speak truth and a greater reality so that you can go be filled with the wonder that's within you. Maybe you need to go surround yourself or change the company that you're in, that the people that you're around, maybe it's just too much cynicism, too much negativity, always talking about what's wrong with the world. Maybe you want to surround yourself with some people that you begin to see, oh, they got wonder in them that's going to inspire some wonder in you. Maybe you're just going to encounter and experience the life of Jesus in a different way this Christmas season. You're going to say, oh, there's some otherness in this world. There's a a way of being that the divine offers us to see other human beings as human beings. There's this greater reality that God invites us into, and I'm going to see that wonder in a different way that's going to invite me into a different wonder and reality that's already blossoming within me. Whether it's small or whether it's big, wonder is something that we can practice. It's something that we can choose. And in choosing it, 
I think it's something that we leak out into the world. And what's so funny about the serendipitous reality of this, the, the beautiful cycle that happens here, I think when we begin to choose wonder, we begin to see wonder. And we begin to see more wonder, and we begin to choose more wonder, right? And then the, the cycle just keeps going on and on and on and on. If you're like, man, Corey, I really just don't have anything. I'm trying to find wonder in, in, in this world. You can come hang out with Bryce, and he'll talk to you about hippos for an hour. I don't know what you need, but wonder is already all around you. It's in our most ancient stories that speak to us about the truth of what life is. It's in the people you love and the people you know. It's in the very air that you breathe. But most importantly, what I hope that you take into this Christmas season is that wonder is already within each and every one of you. You have a gift to birth this season. Would you trust that God is birthing that through you and with you? Would you find those same three or four or five people together and answer this question? How will you practice experiencing wonder this Christmas? Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.